What up, dog? Hey, buddy. I have to say, it feels good getting back to these, how regularly we're doing these, and I'm seeing you, man. It, feels, it does, man. I look forward to. I just want you it, to know. It feels good. I look forward to it. And also it's, it's really cool to know that we got like two more on the books after this already. It's going to be, we're, we're stacking them up, man. I'm going to be seeing your face a bunch. Karma is in our favor after the week or two we've had of cancellations and dip outs. You know what I mean? That it's- I, I think so. I hope so. We'll call it a break. We'll say that we, we took a well-deserved break that we'll say that karma wanted us to have a break it said you guys have done some cool stuff you've met some cool folks you've had some cool conversations rest take a few days chill the fuck out and so we were like you know reluctantly okay okay and we did we submit we submitted to the supreme but we also had some cool uh bonus episodes out of it so i was good with it man it's all oh yeah we gonna have another one floating around out there for for whenever we need to fill a little bit of space but that's not gonna happen for a long time baby we got so many people lined up it's gonna be just boom 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 constant do you believe in god (laughs) we're cutting straight to it today um i don't know our guest today doesn't i bet you don't think so i don't think so I don't is, know. This is a rare opportunity. We get a where we're having a black metal musician on. Do we have? Do we ever have a black metal musician on this podcast? I think. I think the closest that we've come has been Zach Simmons. From yeah. Goat whore. Okay. Yeah. Goat whore and goat whore definitely with a whole lot of common common musical DNA with the with the act that we're going to be talking about today on the show. Yeah. Um, and that is one of the things that like I think I think. I think the band we're talking about today is like got one foot in the black metal world and it's one foot very fucking far into the black metal world. Like that's a long leg baby and it's stretching way across the border. But yeah, I do think that there's, I think that there's a little bit of melodic death metal going on here. I think that we're uh, throwing a little bit of old school, like thrash kind of stuff in there. It really does. In a lot of places, it really does remind me of goat whore in the best way possible. That's like high praise coming from me. It's very cool and blasphemous, hence my uh, hence my opening hook to get him in. It is. You know what I well, mean? And I love hey, it. Do you believe in God? I believe in a higher power. I don't believe in a dude. Fair. Or, or a woman or anything like Fair. that. It might be aliens. Yeah. I believe in aliens are cool. and the laws of the universe. And there's something, I feel like we're a science experiment and someone's looking over at us like, okay, bitches. I think, I think that... <laughs> that's it's almost comforting yeah to know, to know that we're part of a science experiment that would almost be comforting to think that like maybe shit's not really this fucked up we're just getting like a, subjected to a whole bunch of different stimuli to see what happens well as lemmy says rock and roll is the only religion that doesn't let you down so without further ado let's get christian larson of necrofire in here brother welcome to the show that might have been one of the best intros i've ever given anybody that was a fantastic intro. <laughs> there he is connecting to audio. That uh, that shirt is fucking doing it for me. What is it? I can't see. It's the Sisters of Mercy shirt. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you can hear us. I don't know if you can see. Dude, Sisters yeah, of Mercy. Hey. That shit fucking rules, man. Absolutely. Thanks, dude. dude. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're awesome. Uh, thank you, man. Um, I'm Zach. I'm the one who's been bothering you for like the past like three months to get you on here. <laughs> so oh, you're all good. Sorry about the here. last time. Sometimes when stuff's late in the day, uh, if an alarm or something doesn't go off, all of a sudden, 20 minutes after I'm supposed to do it, I realize it. And then I'm like, oh, shit. It's OK, bro. We're happy you're here now. How are, how are you for doing? Real. What's What's up down there in Texas? Um, same old stuff down here. Everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah. How's the black? How's the metal? All right. If I mean, even pandemic wise, like Texas hasn't really cared in a while. They're yeah. Yeah. go on almost, you know, is normal, whatever. So. Well, why don't we why don't we start with uh, with some pandemic action? Sort of what we, we've had several musicians from Texas on throughout the course of the pandemic. There's been a whole lot of sort of 
uh, differing reactions to the, uh, you know, either reaction from Texas politicians or the lack of reaction from Texas politicians. And not to take this in a political direction, but just out of curiosity, sort of what's the last year and a half, two years been like for you? How's your life changed? Um, and really sort of how's that impacted the music that you've made? Uh, the most impact it has on me is my regular job as I'm a concert promoter. So... Ouch. We were doing some shows in our outside space, kind of in a socially distant setup for a while. Not that many of them, but still we had something in 2020. And then uh, started doing some more stuff. And then, I mean, they just opened up the state and we've just been doing shows and more people have been touring. I mean, as far as them putting restrictions or doing whatever, it doesn't really affect me anyways, besides my job. So, where I mean, in yeah, where in Texas are you? Houston. Houston. All right, cool. When was the what was the first show you played with um with Necro Fire since the pandemic? Do, do you first know? Show, we did a little run of uh shows with Goat Horror and Frozen Soul in August. Okay, nice. I that was the fir the first show I saw. I think since the pandemic happened since i'm up here in, in pennsylvania and pittsburgh my best friend lives in austin and i flew down to visit him and i caught you guys open for frozen soul i think at the um at the lost well oh, and that's when i saw you i was like yeah this, this band's fucking sweet so that's when I'm, I, I i took note of that to get you on on this podcast and it was fucking awesome thanks man those shows were entertaining uh i mean they were first shows back so they were really good except it was also kind of a that's like right when Delta started kind of happening a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it was a little strange, but everything worked out. It is like, did you, was it weird being back? Like it just as a musician playing, but also like as a person at a show, did you feel like different? I've, I, I felt different going back to a show. I was like, it's, I, I, there's something about being here that, that gives me like this sense of unease. And I, I couldn't really put my thing. Obviously it was like COVID related, but I was sitting there trying to think like, why am I, why do I feel the way that I feel? I'm shy. You know, why am I not be able to get past this? Um, I know exactly what you're talking about after a couple of days, I think it kind of went away. Yeah. Actually after like, cause the, the lost well show, especially since it was a smaller club and it was sold out. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people didn't show up because I mean, show drop counts have been way down from what they usually are hmm. you know 25 like percent of people not showing up for shows that have bought tickets and things like that but that austin show was kind of like oh, okay like if i'm inside i should probably wear a mask but then i don't know the last two shows i kind of relaxed and everything kind of felt normal all right i mean couple, well, i know what you're talking about because that's also i can't i'd only gone to maybe a couple shows before that yeah since everything came back, there was just wasn't anything I really wanted to see. And then I saw some things and, uh, but that was really my first besides playing, actually attending stuff too. So the first couple were a little like, uh, should we be doing this? Uh, yeah, it, it is. Like, I think that there's something about it that's, that's changed us. And I think that whatever that is, is I, I, and I don't know, maybe people who are like 19, 20 years old right now are just like, ah, fuck it. I can get right back into it. But like, there's something about it for me. That's just, I've been to like four shows since it's been back and it's been, I don't know. It's just been kind of strange, but you at, I'm in DC. Okay. Do you have to, I mean, there's a the restrictions in DC. The, uh, the, the restrictions that the city put in um, lifted yesterday last fuck i can't remember if it was last monday yeah it was last monday so one week ago um and i haven't been to a show since then but before then they were requiring masks and vaccination at the door but then i've also been going to shows in baltimore which is like the fucking they do not give a shit man you can just show up and uh there's no restrictions whatsoever there so it's been a little bit of both worlds um yeah that's kind of how texas is for most part. yeah like there's some bands, like if bands come through and they request something, we can do certain things, but we yeah. also have, I mean, we can't do vaccination only in Texas. It has to be, you have to be able to, the option of taking a test and some other things like that. So does, does that break down? That is a curious thing to, to, to think about. Does that break down by like what the, what the band requires, what the promoter requires? Like if you butt up against something that you're not able to do, is that because of like repercussions for the, the club or? Doing vax only is not allowed technically in texas and okay. i think you could do it but um the government will come after you in some way they'll send the so, rangers but, after you 
Yeah, but if you uh, offer vaccination, then no one really messes. I mean, if you offer testing, then no one with it, then nobody messes with you. Nice. But it's all up to the bands, at least for all the shows we've been doing. If nobody requests well, cool. anything, then we don't do anything. Well, so apart from playing shows with Necrofire, are you back to booking shows? Uh, for yeah, work? I mean, like we had a bunch of stuff this fall uh, and the spring looks to be pretty insane. So it's that's nice good. I mean, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, it's refreshing to hear shit's going well. It is. Well. And hopefully and things... Stuff, I mean, there's a lot of stuff doing really, really well. If people want to see a band, then like the shows are doing great. I mean, obviously, good. like any time, like some shows do bad, some do good. But overall, I feel like everybody, you can tell, I feel like people are feeling more comfortable. And, you know, if they really want to go to a show, they're going to go. I hope it stays that way, man. I really, really do. It seems like you can tell that Europe is starting to get a little bit fucking nervous because there are several things that have been canceled. The Black Dolly Murder Tour was canceled. A aborted tour was canceled not too long or like yesterday, I think. I feel like some um, of those so, things since Europe, like all the countries can decide on their own. Yeah. Fourth of the countries decide they're shutting down, then coming over there to do a tour is just like, you know. Exactly. Hopefully, and the, the, the landscape's pretty different here. I think you've got this entire country that's, you know, the size of Europe or bigger. I didn't uh, pay attention in geography. So hopefully I'm right about that. I saw a couple of those, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I can't see anything as far as the states going back and anything like that, but I don't really know. Just keep our fingers crossed. How long have you been in the uh, concert promoting game before the uh, actually tried to play doing doing the band yourself? I've always been in bands, but uh, I started booking like almost 20 years ago. Damn, dude. So it's been a while. Career so motherfucker right here. So what, yeah, what size shows are do you typically do you typically book? Is it just like like metal shows or do you do larger stuff? No, I do all sorts of stuff, and it ranges from you know 100 people shows to like 5,000. So that's awesome. solid. Well, tell us a little bit about. So one of the reasons that we're stoked to get you on here is because we are both really big fans of the debut Necrofire full links. Yeah. Uh, you have the vinyl there, bro. You bet that's your fucking ass! I got the vinyl shit. right here. I got the clear vinyl prophecies of eternal darkness. Um, I have been enjoying this very much specifically because like, I don't know about you, especially being in Texas. I don't know how this, how this works for somebody now, I grew up in Arkansas. So the weather is uh, very, very similar South Arkansas. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm like a really seasonal dude when it comes to the kind of music that appeals to me at certain times of year or not. And like the really blackened sort of thrashy death metal stuff is, is like my shit once it starts getting cold outside um so i've been listening to the debut necrofire lp a lot recently tell us a little bit about the history of the band um tell us about when you guys got together a little bit about the writing process we want to know everything and we want everybody to know everything <laughs> about the band uh band formed in late 2018 or, or i think mid 2018 dauber and i talked about doing a black metal project together and it came together relatively fast after that uh, Matt was his roommate at the time and Matt also plays in Oceans of Slumber with Dauber and he, mm -hmm. I think at the end of War Master Matt was playing bass in that so Matt picked up and started playing bass so we just I had a couple songs loosely put together so usually when we work on songs like then and now like someone comes up with you know basically the structure and idea of the song and then we kind of we kind of hash out what if it needs some other things or extra parts mm -hmm. to it depending on where it goes but uh the record we wrote kind of right before all the pandemic stuff happened like where most of the music mm -hmm. we were planning to record it somewhere along the times of all things shut down so it pushed us back a little bit but not really too far we we had, time to kind of work on if things without having some kind of deadline or you know because at the time like you know no one knew it was going to happen so yeah yeah we sat around i mean we didn't waste a bunch of time doing things but you, you know we didn't rush through a bunch of things because we had needed to have it done by a certain time yeah one of the one of the things that we want to capitalize on having you on today is we were talking about before you got on this is our first time talking to some the closest we've had to a black metal musician on the show before is uh zach uh, who plays drums in goat whore he came on a while back That's um right. we want you yes zach is rad awesome. we tell tell us and like the people who listen to the show also all like eight or nine of them um 
tell us a little bit about sort of your history with the black metal genre and a little bit about where you got into it. Some of the bigger names that stick out for you, some of the things that like shaped that genre as far as you're concerned, like as an appreciator and really kind of fed into the kind of music that you wanted to make as a black metal band. I mean, I feel like anybody else, like my, well, not anybody else, but I feel like the first uh, black metal stuff I was exposed to was some stuff, uh, whatever, like early 2000s, some stuff like Satyricon and things like that. Yeah. But I didn't really get in super into it till later whenever, uh, like I got exposed to like dissection of Wattain and some things like that. And then it kind of snowballed after that. Yeah. I fucking, and that is, that's one of the, I get so many dissection vibes um, yeah. from, from Necrofire. And that's like, that's I, high so, praise. That's, I mean, <laughs> a lot, I mean, they're a huge, I would say inspiration on me, especially, but I mean, everybody in the band loves them. So I feel like there's gotta be some point of it that shines through all that. Oh yeah, for sure. And the, the, well, the first two records, you know, you've got one of the things about black metal that can sort of vary across the the spectrum of the way it's created is you'll have the really sort of raw uh, threadbare stuff on one side of the spectrum and then all the way up to like the super symphonic uh, sort of really thick overdone stuff on the other side. And then past the middle of that spectrum and towards the more well-produced sort of flushed out end, you've got bands like Dissection, you've got bands like Necrofire where you start to see sort of these influences, not just from, um, from, from, from traditional black metal, but also from melodic death metal. Um, one of the bands for me that sort of really opened that door was, was Old Man's Child. And that is, if you, I don't know if you're familiar, I'm sure you're familiar with them. I don't know if you like, not everybody was into them quite as much as I was uh, when they were still kicking it. But like, do you, do you have some sort of template in mind when you sit to start writing? Like, do you know where you want a record to go uh, music wise, style wise, or is there, is this something that you kind of play by ear? It's always play. I mean, I, I feel a lot of times I'll come up with a direction and say like, whatever me and Dauber talk, or like, we're going to shoot for this. And then after that, I just start writing stuff. But if come up with something good and just completely fit with the idea, then I mean, I don't throw it out, but I feel like it's good to have a direction, but you don't want to have the direction, you know, close off things because the certain idea that comes up or something, you, you know, that comes to you be right isn't in that kind of, a, you know, uh, yeah. wherever you chose to kind of go for. Yeah. Like it still should be like ideas should flee, like free, free flow and you should try different things. And it's good to think to have a, like an idea where it goes, but you know, you need, I, uh, as cheesy as it sounds like you know you just let the music go where it goes instead of you can't just force it otherwise yeah i mean you can force it but then it sounds you know a certain way so what do you think are some of the least expected influences on on the music that you make specifically in necrofire i mean if stuff other people might know about i listen to a lot of dark wave I mean, you guys mentioned the shirt, uh, but I listen to a lot of stuff in that genre. It's like post-punk and dark wave. For, yeah. Uh, I mean, old stuff like, you know, of course, like uh, Sisters of Mercy and Bajas and stuff like that. Or, I mean, the easy ones, but newer things. I listen to a lot of stuff. Uh, Twin Tribes, She Passed Away, Soft Kill, uh, Drab Majesty. I mean, whatever. The list goes on. You can definitely oh. see that sort of that darker, more like industrial electronic sense of melody kind of lending itself to the atmosphere of black metal. Um, I don't think I've ever had anybody on the show to talk about Sisters of Mercy before, man. So <laughs> I'm kind of excited. Which, what, what's your favorite Sisters record? Uh, okay, so like the, some of that gets kind of confusing because like I feel like the early, like I'll just go with the early stuff and the older stuff. I mean, like I like all of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like the later stuff more sometimes. I guess it just depends on the mood I'm in. Because I, I do in the beginning, it was they were just like recording songs and some of the things they consider an album were almost just a compilation. Yeah, yeah. I, I think and towards the end, I think uh, Vision Thing was like the last one of theirs that I ever checked out. And then when I did, I was like, this is like a heavy album. This is like a rock album. Like it's a lot more guitar driven. And I, I yeah, yeah, the older stuff comes more. Yeah, because uh, I feel like the first stuff's more dancey, like just kind of drum machine guitars and things. I mean, well, it's always drum machine. But then, uh, whatever like temple of love and stuff is just full-on rock songs yeah i know it's fucking it, it's it's cool I mean, to see I, it I, sort of cross those boundaries uh there somebody released a book it's on the, the early years of uh 
the band, which goes it goes all the way, I think, to Floodland. I can't remember, but it's really it's worth reading if you check it out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll check it I'll out. Look the name up. I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called. Are you a big reader when it comes to like band backstories and histories and shit like that? If I'm into it, yes. Or if it's written well. Yeah. Are you like from what? What's I like it better when it pays somebody. It's a book and it's a story about somebody or the band. I mean, I have tons of books on whatever kind of genres and things like that. But yeah. if it's just, uh, they're harder to get through than say when it's you're reading something and you're kind of going through like the life of the band or whatever, something like that. Like, yeah. Do you like have the book, like something like that? Rotting Christ book they put out uh, like last year or the year before is really really good. Really. Uh, but it just depends, like if, uh, especially if some of those bands have been around so long and uh, as long as the book's put together, right, they all have pretty amazing stories, you know? Yeah. Did you read Rob Halford's autobiography? I haven't read Rob Halford's yet. It's on the list of stuff I need to read. It's very good. It's very, it's very well written and not, you know, pretentious like some autobiographies tend to be. <laughs> <laughs> but especially him, he has uh, hilarious stories. I won't spoil it for you since you haven't read it, but definitely check it out. Yeah. Who was you? Yeah, huge Judas Priest fan. Fuck yeah, good. <laughs> I was gonna say that'd be weird if you weren't. Yeah. Would, would you. you want Zach? Would you want to see the Rob Halford story made into a movie? I mean, it kind of already has been with Rockstar, but let's say that doesn't. Sure. Exist. Yeah. Why not? Who would you want to play Rob Halford? Me. <laughs> that's not a fair answer man and you gotta reach into the hollywood cosmos and pull somebody out the rob halford shared universe who would it be damn that's a good question i have to get back to you on that i have no All i have right. to think hard before before i uh, unleash that although i you look wait. like I you look wait. more like rob halford than i do i should have said you i think i feel like i've got the rob halford thing going on up top i do not have the man's uh but that's later rob halford you know who's gonna play early Rob Halford? Well, it's gonna get you a Yeah, I know, right? I'll, yeah. I can grow the beard out. Rob Halford's beard at this point in his career, like I love that he's just sort of become like this mascot for like joy in heavy music. The people are just like he's like let, but he's let it go. Like the beard's fucking bushy. He's out there in like assless chaps and a fucking policeman hat, like enjoying life, like living life to the fullest. And like I, mean, I think that we should all fucking. That you know, I feel how he is. He had to hide for so long. Yeah. I mean, especially now. I mean, Jewish Priest is one of the greatest heavy metal bands ever. So, I mean, he's living his best life. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's so, it just, like you said, having having to hide who you are for so long and then finding yourself in a position where, you know, a lot of that uh, sort of stigma and a lot of the need to sort of keep that quiet, obviously that shit still exists, but at the same time, um, you know, having an elevated profile and having the respect that he has in the genre, it's cool for him to be able to sort of let those defenses fall and just like be his i don't know i hate the term authentic self but that's really what it feels like you know not having to to like put up a front or anything like that so if you're into so you're a big judas priest fan um how did you get into metal to begin with were you like exposed to the classics early on or uh when did you start getting into heavy shit when i was a kid uh like 12 or something like that my dad's friend came over from norway and visited and his oh, son came over and bought like a whole bunch of metal cds i can't even remember exactly anything was except for you know it was that era of like say rust in peace uh just somewhere i mean like 90 early 90s scene where everything looked great and everything pretty much was great yeah but that's kind of what got me i was like oh yeah metal and my neighbor listened to it also it kind of flowed in after that so you started with the the more well-known stuff, but I mean, I guess it's a lot of I mean, of yeah, back too, when I was a kid, all I listened to was like Metallica, Megadeth, Sepultura, Pantera, stuff like that. That shit fucking ruled though, man. It was easy to find and it was, you know, for a lot of us sort of a gateway into the heavier, darker stuff. So you're telling me that a dude came over from Norway and like all he did was go to an American record store and buy American music? Well, everything way and, like, cheaper say, here. Especially then. But I mean, yeah, they buy like a whole bunch of blue jeans and a whole bunch of music because it was way. <laughs> was there like a moratorium on Was there a, a blue jeans embargo? But on, no, it's on just, the, on I mean, Norway is an expensive country to live in. So. Yeah, for real. So I've heard. So I've heard. But they do have a lot of cool shit there that, uh, that, that their money goes toward. Why their music so pissed off, man? They're all broke and cold. Yeah, they didn't, the country's not exactly broke but yeah but yeah yeah no they're good they're even if even if they don't have the money to throw around on fucking jeans and records you know they've got like health care and uh things like that um so what uh 
what was sort of your what was your turn towards the heavier shit past sort of the mainstream if you, uh, if you i mean well it. after i listened to that i was i got into a lot of punk stuff for i mean i think from about 15 to 18 somewhere in there yeah and then somewhere at the end of that kind of reign, I started listening to a bunch of like stuff like Motley Crue, <laughs> a whole bunch of Judas Priest okay. and Iron Maiden and all that. Uh, I had I had I mean, like a Motley Crue phase in my early twenties like too. Because it's I feel like it's a natural progression if you listen to a lot of stuff yeah. and you listen to rock, um, especially like the earlier uh, the earlier Crew records, any of that stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, you look at once you start getting into heavier shit, especially like European shit, like in in stuff that's sort of on the death metal spectrum black metal spectrum like i remember nick barker always in interviews talking about like fucking kiss and shit like that and i was like these guys are into like super like the the shit that they're making like the drums that this guy's playing are fucking inhuman and then like he's talking about his big influences being you know kiss and early motley crew and shit like that so you end up going back and checking those things out and finding out there's, there's like there's a lot of fun shit there yeah, now, now, are you from everything I listened to was you know like old rock? I mean, yeah, like Kiss, anything in that kind of vein, Falcon, oh, yeah. Cinderella, stuff like that. And then I listen to a lot of Scandinavian rock scene stuff, uh, like Helicopters, Turbo Negro, Glucifer, things like that. Oh man, it was uh, it was really shitty to hear about Hank Von Hill. Um, yeah, it was a super bummer. Especially yeah, after Tom uh, posted, he was they were talking about doing an Apocalypse Dudes reunion tour in 2023 with Hank. Dude, that record's so much fun. That and Scandinavian Leather, I think, are the ones that really sort of encapsulate that band, as far as my memories and my experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Apocalypse Dudes is like their record. I mean, yeah. Uh, just, I mean, whatever. It's like one of the best rock records of all time, at least in my opinion. Really? Well, it makes you, it's like such a sing along, like, I don't know, all the decadence is there, all the like, the, the chord progressions, the sort of happy, it's just a happy record, man. It is a sing Yeah, like the record. whole thing, like, there's like, the, the record's kind of dark. All the songs are a hit. Euroboy um, completely rips the entire record. I, I mean, yeah, it's a great record. I'm going to go back and listen to that shit like tomorrow now that we've talked about it. I haven't, I was haven't just writing that down too. I'm gonna do that tomorrow. Oh, really? Are you not? Are you not familiar with Turbo? I, I am. It's been a long time, dude. It's. I it is. They were in a long time. They had this weird, like, they had this weird sort of appeal in the states in like the early 2000s because of like Jackass. I think. Yeah, um, it was interesting. Uh, Bam got onto him, so he had him like on the show and did some other stuff. So there was like a little bit of. Uh, I don't know something weird in that scene that he promoted some bands. Them and it was him. Like, yeah, him, Turbo. I can't remember who else band was all pushing. CKY, of course, because of course uh, it was interesting. It was it yeah. was a strange time. Like I remember thinking, you know, all I'd ever heard from from like Scandinavia and and at, at that point um, was like cold, harsh, dark shit. And then you know you hear a band like him and sort of open the door to like later sentenced and be like this is like suicide pop music and i'm fucking here for it <laughs> that's good stuff so are you from so are you from houston originally like you grow up there i grew up like on the north side of town i've like lived here for my entire life so how much did you mention that you between 15 and 18 you were really into like the punk scene was that a big thing in houston at the time was that something that was like a part of you and the people that you hung out with and the shows that you saw or was that something you more like found on your own uh i mean i don't know how i actually got into it. i think through some friends in high school and just playing band stuff but i mean there was a pretty big punk scene in the 90s i'm sure it was kind of widespread but uh everything i used to go back to their shows were packed lots of people there i mean that's kind of what was happening i feel like in the late 90s yeah so you caught a lot of shows growing up yeah i used to um whatever as soon as i got like a car you just be like okay cool we're gonna go to shows i mean you had to drive like 30 minutes to get there but the most that... part, anything i possibly could especially back then so in so it's like a 30 minute trip from North Houston to other. Yeah. Houston's a big sprawling city. I don't know what to compare it to besides maybe something like LA where most of the shows happen in like, let's say like the downtown ish area kind of thing. And, but then there's suburbs and other things where you could, I don't know, you could start driving, you know, on how long you'd spend in Houston depending on traffic, but. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool how the um, like this, if, not necessarily being part of a scene, but, one of the things that we've talked about on the show a lot before, especially with Texas is how like 
as as the internet has sort of united everything like you can see youtube videos and youtube tutorials of like how to do you know double kick bass and shit like that and learn from somebody who's a million miles away or whatever um there was a time where there were more of like these concentrated local scenes um that had like their own sound and sort of their own their own vibe and i'm not going to sit here like the old dude who's like oh goddamn kids these days because i don't feel like it's necessarily it's not a bad thing it's just like a natural evolution right um, but there was something about like different places at different, different, uh, parts of the country, like in the nineties before everything was connected, that made it feel like it had its own thing going. Was Houston well, sort I of feel in like if you were into certain things back in that time period, then you kind of had to, I mean, you were into it mainly because you like some, like you like some bands, but also some, I mean, there were some bands in your town doing it. So yeah. it was kind of like a little community of it. Like now you can just be like, cool. I only like super obscure black metal that has synths and screaming but nothing else on it and then you can just find it on Bandcamp. and then cool. yeah like this dude in poland makes this band so awesome like you know you don't have to you're not just limited to say things that are around you in your city or state or you know scenes like happening like that so are you are you a deep trawler like do you um do you do you search out like one man polish black metal projects and shit like that or like how do you find new music now i don't i mean just stuff pops up i mean it can be from anything from i'll see it from some other band like i follow or something post something about it or a lot of people i know or just listen to a lot of stuff so i get they'll be like hey did you check this out things like that but yeah they also do well you know look out from like oh what's this okay what's this dive into some crazy like okay what is this one man project okay this is awesome okay this is too much but yeah i mean that was in a lot of different things this one man in a basement in like turkey or someplace like fucking it always it's it, it, it's interesting the, the one man project that i'm really sort of caught up on right now is Chornabog, and it, it's it's come back and forth over the last couple of years um that record that he put out and now there was an announcement a couple of days ago that there's going to be a split coming out have you heard Chornabog? I don't think so, but how do you spell it? T C H O R N O B O G. I think the guy's name is. Oh, Mark- seen the name, yeah. Markov Soroka, or so. I can't. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the guy's name is, but he's in a bunch of projects. Like that's that's like this fucking trippy, hallucinogenic, hellish, fucking black death doom record that I. It's the interesting thing about it to me is seeing that that wide of a spectrum of shit come out of one person and fit onto one record. And it's I think I know what you're talking about now. If it's the same thing, I think it is, then it's great. The cover's like orange. It's got like a big eyeball on it, and like the whole thing is about puking. It's like a god puking <laughs> shit into existence or something like that. It's pretty fucking wild, man. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, like it, it really is. I like I like music that uh, that I can that I can enjoy that like also kind of scares me at the same time. The one thing is, if you really search it out, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there and, you know, everything isn't what everybody actually listens. I mean, where is what is popular and some things like that. But there's so, I mean, yeah, there's so much, especially like in the raw black metal scene, there's just band upon band and a lot of it's fucking super great. <laughs> yeah. Does anything come to mind that you heard uh, that you've heard recently that uh, you've been into? Any recommendations? Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but I think it's Valak. It's V A L A C. The record's insanely great. Uh, what is it? The band called Till. Uh, Darkest Bethlehem. There's like, I mean, in that world, there's just yeah, there's Celestial Sword. I mean, it just keeps going. I find it to be a little bit overwhelming. You know, sometimes I'm like really in, and I can go in deep. And then I like need a break. Like there's no possible way I can keep up with all this shit. I mean, there's so much of it. You just have to, it's, you know, you can't sit there and listen to 30 new bands in a day and expect to be like, Oh yeah, cool. I know what's going on. Yeah. I need, I need time to like, I need time to soak shit up. And I also have gotten to the point where like, if, if somebody gives me a description of something and I know that like, I'm not in the headspace for it at that particular moment, even if it's new and even if a lot of people are raving about it, I'm just not even going to, check it out i'll put it in a little i've got like a notepad of shit that i keep for stuff that i can check out down the road whenever i feel like i'm going to be in a little bit more Otherwise, of a... listen to it and be like this sucks yeah i know and i don't want to do that like i want to part part of why part of what i want like my favorite experience with listening to new music is when not only is it good like a well-written album and when it's like in a genre that that i really appreciate but at the same time when it's something like i'm just really in the fucking mood for 
And the bonus is when I don't know I'm in the mood for it. And then I mm. hear it and I'm like, oh yeah, I like it when you're just like, what right here. this is great. Shit. I didn't really, I looked through a bunch of stuff this year because I didn't really, real, I had to do a top 10 list for something. And I, I, like my two favorite records this year were that Spectral Wound record was really fucking just yeah. phenomenal. And then Horton Rife just put out a record, which I mean, like they're one of my favorite newer black metal bands. So it lived up to everything I wanted to. But then the list, like I started looking because I listen. I mean, I listen to a lot of heavy metal and I listen to a lot of dark wave. And like there, there were some records came out this year, but I think everything that I really loved was almost black metal this year. It's been a black metal year, man. Yeah, like lots of good black metal records. Like I was all because I looked down the list. I'm like, um, most of this list is black metal. And I mean, whatever. They, it was from somebody asking for me to do it, and I'm like. I know that they think maybe I'm just doing this because I'm in a black metal band, but like, you know, like this list usually isn't all black metal bands or almost, you know? Well, but I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta go with your, you know, your honest yeah, I mean, choices. And that, like, I, like, yeah, like you said, it's been a black metal year. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. But yeah. Then they asked I mean, for a quote and I was like, I don't know. The world's in turmoil and there's just a shitload of great black metal bands. I, I, so here you go. We are, we are in a world of misanthropy and fear. And uh, this is the music that I feel best reflects that. But now you also are have have pretty serious ties to the death metal community. Um, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Me, not so much as everybody else in Necrofire. Okay, okay. Uh, but you you because you know, Matt, Josh, and Dabra are in Malignant Altar. Right. Um, Josh is in Church of Disgust. Dabra's been in tons of old like school texas uh death metal bands but, but i mean are you are you not that much of a fan of death metal as well like i just i i'm, I'm I not like necessarily metal, talking about bit, i mean most of the stuff i listen like uh it's like black metal way over death metal what about the melodic stuff do you find yourself ever sort of in that territory like what kind of stuff uh, like the more melodic, like the, the, the stuff that really sort of straddles the line between death metal and black metal, that's more on the melodic yeah, side. About, like, so like the sweetest melodic stuff like, in the, like in flames territory, like long no, no. What are we a little, about? no, we're talking about a little bit rougher than that. So like Kalma or, uh, 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 let's see, King of Asgard is another one. Like they're Swedish. They're definitely up there, but like there's, there's black metal elements to it that, are you know it's got a little bit of a thrash feel to it but at the same time like in the higher pitched vocals and things like that uh not mostly i don't know i mean death metal is something where like i like some death metal but i like specifically like what i like and it doesn't really most of the time venture out there far i'll be i'll just end up listening to more black metal instead it's just <laughs> the way it's always been well, I mean, that's and you've got, like you said, you know, you've got to, you've got to pick the stuff that you like for your list, but you got to listen to the stuff that you that you like as well. Like I, yeah, because I mean, I feel like some people either say what they listen to, or make up some list they feel like they want everybody to think. But you know, like you listen to what you listen to, and you should, you know, yeah. I feel like you can't really fake it. I mean, I guess you can, but I mean, usually that means that people don't actually listen to those records they say they love or whatever. Yeah, which is unfortunate. If you've got to be in a position where you feel like you need to say that, I think that that's like. Well, it's the same reason people yeah. are like, "Have you heard this? Ba- have you heard this band?" And everybody's always like, "Yeah," and when you've never heard of them. Sure. <laughs> and whatever. I mean, I've done this in the past. I mean, I feel like everyone has because there's just oh, so yeah. many bands. And then you know, depending on who you're talking to, then you feel like, "Oh, do I not know anything about music?" Because this dude just listed off 17 bands I've never heard of. Yeah, when you're like when you're younger and more impressionable, like you get that you feel that pressure to sort of like be on the same page as somebody else or whatever. And I've I've gotten to the point where like I used to have that FOMO feeling really bad, like like if somebody was really into, you know, one classic record or whatever and I hadn't heard it, I would feel like almost guilty at some points. But like now I've gotten into the headspace where I'm like if I come across a band like I'm I'm way deeper into into death metal territory than I am into black metal territory and so like if I come across a band who is like a legacy act who's been around for a really long time then just for one reason or another I, I never really got around to slipped and slipped through the cracks whatever like that to me is more exciting now than shameful like I, I benediction is the example that I use lately because I specifically remember like in 2019 I had heard transcend the Rubicon and I had appreciated that <laughs> huh 
Vindiction is great. Yeah, like I'd heard that record and I appreciated it many, many years ago, but that was sort of the extent of it. For for whatever reason, I just didn't go through and check out the rest of their shit. And so at like 36 years old, two years ago, I'm like listening through the majority of Benediction's catalog for the first time and being like, this fucking rips. Like not only is it good and not only do I not feel bad about not having heard it earlier in my life, like I'm actually excited about getting to hear it now for the first time. There's a lot of like, a, especially uh, older bands like that, I feel like are being either rediscovered or people actually have time to listen to them. Yeah. It's, it's you know, because there's so many bands out there in general, regardless of old bands, just new things. It's some, like, you know, stuff gets lost or you just never listen to them. But I feel like right now, especially with say like all the bootleg companies on the internet. Yeah. Where they have like just patches and band shirts galore and you're just like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, okay. I need to dive into some of these bands that are like, maybe I didn't really ever listen to give more of a chance. Cause you know, it's just like, okay. And then you go back and revisit them and it's almost, I feel like some of those bands are probably hitting harder now than they have in the past period. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, look at Sarah's uncle, like no one listened to Sarah's uncle back in the day. And And now everybody worships crushing it. Yeah. And they're in their sixties. Maybe. Which is uh, that once again is like living your best life, man. To have yeah. your shit like rediscovered and embraced after you, you know, thirty years after you created or whatever, and then get to go back and do it again like that. Yeah, I, we're after in a long period of time. Those dudes are like, no one's ever like they're never gonna like uh, play a show again or you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're in like we're in an interesting era with extreme music, right? With with black metal, with death metal, because like rock stars, like 1950s, 1960s, birth of rock and roll, those guys were getting old and dying a long time ago. Mm. Now we're at the point where like guys whose entire career is founded on, you know, pursuing this this kind of music that is like rooted in extremity, in in pushing things further than what is normally accepted, in going into transgressive territory or whatever. Like these guys are in their 50s and their 60s now. You know what I mean? Like these guys are getting older. Uh, and it's interesting to sort of see how the genre ages, not just as as a genre, like not just as things that new people discover, but also as how these guys, how the people in these bands um, are, are sort of getting older, like as their music style changes or whatever, or as there are there things about their live presentation that maybe change the way that they write. One of the things every time I hear a new Cannibal Corpse record, I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like <laughs> these guys are not. These guys are, are are in their 50s. You know what I mean? And like they're doing like it's just as fucking crazy as the record that came before. Like I'm a huge Cannibal Corpse fan. And so I always it's not like I expect the band to go soft or get weak or suck or anything like that. But it still does surprise me to see them like challenging sort of the expectations of 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 their age and of the physicality that's associated with that age. But the the flip side of that, instead of like guys trying to sort of, and as far as I'm concerned with Cannibal Corpse, guys successfully trying to sort of keep up with the versions of themselves that made their music famous to begin with, it'll be interesting to see what other artists, what other bands sort of gravitate towards who they are now, you know? Um, and a and maybe- example, just because those dudes have built like a whole career and just continuously put out good stuff and tour and just go. I mean, uh, especially I feel like anybody else in that genre, I mean, they're just like on the top and just, I mean, I feel like relentlessly have just been going at it for decades. Absolutely. That's like, that's the standard bearer. That's the, sure. that's the, that's about as high as it gets. And I look at them play live and I get sore. Like, how do those fucking dudes do that that long? Like, tour that much and headbang that long? And it's fucking crazy, dude. Besides the fact they're, like, punishingly tight. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, I mean, not only have they been doing it for a long time, but, like, the rhythm section's been doing this for, what, 35 fucking years now or something like that. Those guys yeah. probably read each other's minds. I feel like the only move with those kind of bands, though, is they, as they age and want to quit is just to, like, mic drop it like Slayer did, right? There's like fuck it, go out war still fast and yeah. The Slayer thing was weird. I feel like they were not selling as many tickets as they used to, and they're like, "Cool, we're gonna hang it up." And then as soon as they said that, then they were selling, you know, arenas out. So yeah, shit. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. I mean, they've said that in a couple articles now. Yeah, and I don't don't feel like they're done either. I don't feel like they'll do a tour for a little bit, but they'll start popping up on festivals and things. 
in the next five years, I'm sure. Yeah, you can I tell, so, dude. That'd be you fun. can tell, Carrie. You can tell Carrie King still got gas in the tank. Like Carrie he, King, he, didn't he, want, I don't feel like Carrie King didn't want to stop that. He at did all. not want to stop at all, and yeah. and and, I, I, and he's going to continue. But I think Tom, I think Tom was the one who was like pretty much. Well, I mean, it's not. We don't think these things. We know them. Like these dudes have said that shit in interviews. Tom's yeah, like, Tom I don't want to do this. Anymore. He's had back problems, done other stuff. I feel like he just wants to hang out and. uh you know, do stuff with his grandkids and family and things, just chill out for a while. Look up conspiracy theories online and just fucking yeah. post that shit to Facebook and hang out. Yeah, dude, why not? But yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just like all those other things, like Kiss is like 15th farewell tour. I mean, yeah. it's Slayer, so it won't be as cheese, but I'm sure it's, ha- I mean, all that stuff's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Or you can be, be like, all the crew are like, we signed all these agreements to whatever the fuck. And I'm like, nobody. Oh, like, fucking- Bullshit. Do what you're gonna do. Like, the t- if you're gonna play the tour, just play the tour. You should fuck it. Whenever they, uh, uh, it would be cool if, like, whenever the Motley Crue tour that's been put off for like two years now does actually yeah, go through. Put off. I keep forgetting. I was, I was just thinking that show happened. <laughs> yeah, it. no, it keeps getting put off because of COVID or whatever. But like, after when they finally do it, it would be great for somebody to show up and like call the police and be like, these guys signed legally binding documents saying that they would never do this again and now they're here and they're breaking the law it's not okay i feel like it's i mean can you give like is that going to open them up to a bunch of civil suits can you actually do something like that may i don't know and like definitely not the police that's a joke but maybe you could like sue them for emotional distress or whatever like i i suffered a great emotional blow by finding out that motley crew uh, was never going to play again. And now they just said that they're going to, and I had worked really hard to get through that. And I feel like I deserve compensation. It's my money and I need it now. Let's do it. It's, rallying- it's Tommy. It's Tommy Lee's money. And I, need it now. <laughs> right. I've been rallying Vince Neil on the internet to let me be his personal trainer for the comeback tour. Oh man. How's that? How's that going? It's, it's not going too well, but I'm, I'm going to keep at him though. He's in, I read something the other pictures of like the abominable snowman thing. They always send him. I know I should. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. It's so fucking Dude, good. It, yeah. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen on there. <laughs> what are we talking? What are you talking about? like him. It's, uh, I got to pull it up. It's Vince Neil yeah. looking like the abominable snowman from Rudolph, like the red nosed reindeer. You never saw that? A claymation no. movie. I mean, Bro. well, yeah, I saw I saw the movie, but I haven't seen Vince Neil looking like that. Is we this talk- is the season? Hold on, one second. I got this. Is one he like? Things, it's like a. I don't know what. It's a picture, and somebody it'll post it like a. It'll look like Vince Neil's Twitter, and it'll be like, "Stop st- sending me this shit." And it's like, <laughs> but when you look at it, you're like, "Oh fuck." Yeah, there you go. There's also a James Hetfield one that has a cowardly lion on it. Oh Jesus. Yeah. All right. I feel bad for the dude, man. I do too. I want to help him out. I'm trying to get, I hate, well, I, at the same time, like it sucks that they're fucking, you know, we were talking about cannibal corpse earlier and how that's sort of like a super unique thing, but you're, when you start trying to hold dudes that age to like the standard that they set when they were 19, 20 years old. I mean, he doesn't need to look like, you know, Vince Neil in like 1983. But he doesn't need to look like like the abnormal snowman either. Yeah. I mean, just, I, on some of that, just take care of yourself or something. I mean, you well, now he's like need to have someone do it right. Now he's in some kind of like machine that like freezes fat off of you or like laser oh, shoots it off of you or something. I know it's I can't Whatever remember what works, it was. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, does it though? No, I, I don't know. If, man. if you're gonna go play a bunch of shows, if you get in shape, it's only gonna make you better at performing. That's that's what I'm thinking too. And like, I don't I don't want to criticize the dude because I have no idea what's going on in his life behind the scenes. If there's some sort of obstacle that I'm not aware of, blah blah blah. Everybody else is everybody's different, whatever. But I do think that like once you start getting into a machine that like super cools or super heats your body or something like that. Like at what point is it just easier to, to go to the gym and, and, and change the I way mean, that it's you never easier to go to the gym, but that's why no one ever does it. And that's why people like that aren't in shape. Cause you can, yeah. cause you can buy a fucking a cryo tube or a, a, I mean, but obviously that doesn't really work that well. Cause you can just take a look at him. Well, I don't know. No, like that's the that's the brand new thing. He's been doing that shit. I don't think anybody's seen him since he's been doing that shit. Like he's endorsing it or whatever. He's gonna come out looking like broke a rib last month. Oh, do what? 
I was like, since when? Since he fell off stage and broke a rib last month? I think so. I think it, no, I think it, I really do. I think it's like in the last like three weeks or something like that, but I would have to, you know, I could obviously easily be wrong about this. Um, but I, I mean, all this being said, I went to that like last Motley Crue show and it was fucking great. Yeah. I mean, when just, was, when was that? Uh, probably like four or five years ago. Whenever that That's last was. the one they signed the documentary, the documents for. I the think end, so. right? I mean, they Man, were good. And then on some of that, like, you know, you can like people, I feel like people get all hateful on old singers. Like, you can't hit these notes. And you're like, dude, it was 40 years ago. Yeah. They'll sing like, you know, like Bruce Dickinson or some shit. Well, and like, like you're talking, we're like talking Jeff shit about fucking doing all like, you know, those fucking high notes from the first Queen's Right EP. No shit. We're, we're sitting here talking shit about Vince Neil, and I don't want to talk shit about the guy, but the guy that I feel most sorry for is fucking Mick Mars, man. Like that guy's entire skeleton has like fused into one bone at this point, and they're just like, putting him on a fucking dolly and wheeling him out there to play guitar every night. Like I mean, he's gotta be fucking miserable. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if that's what he wants to do, I mean, it's I don't think, I don't think he does. I don't think <laughs> he he's got a choice, man. I think they probably fucking just load him up and say, all right, here we go. He's so cool though. Motley Crue just needs him there. He's just like that dark figure to stand in there playing guitar with a top hat on. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. It makes Motley Crue like so freaks me cool. out. You know, but then you have As, Alfred who can still sing Victim of Changes. So like, I feel like I feel like uh, fucking what's his name? <laughs> Vince, Vince Neil could get his shit together. I'm offering him my services for free, bro. He's not taking me up on it. No, well, maybe you just have to see him live and you got to figure out a way to get backstage. There it is. There it's it is. too late. Or I guess maybe you have to show up one of those like uh, like biker rally things you've been playing or whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Where do you like has to end sets early because he can't finish them poor dude poor Vince I know Neil. man I do yeah. I feel I feel bad for the guy I mean it's yeah like not I mean whatever Vince Neil can live his life however he wants yeah but, you know some sure. of that stuff people have problems people don't have problems but you know you can work through stuff and practice to get yourself where you need to be on things I, at some point I feel time will tell whether or not he makes that commitment does we'll necrofire be, have any plans don't get me wrong i'll be life. at the molly crew show next time they come i'm not like, sure. after all this said i mean i just on some of this i feel like some of these guys just become like a like a talking point of uh just stuff they've uh stirred up in the last 15 yeah. years by yeah becoming a spectacle for some reason or not you know so what's the plan? Uh, what's the plan for Necrofire's immediate future and distant future? You guys got anything on the horizon for shows or new material or what? Show we technically have booked is Maryland Death Fest, which hopefully will happen this year. Because we, we will see you there. Hopefully on, we're going to be there. Yep, for three years now or something. So I mean, yeah, there's motherfuckers with twenty. So I'm pretty excited about it. You guys couldn't get on the Watain and Mayhem tour. I wish that would be fucking amazing. That would be fucking amazing, dude. I know you mentioned Watain earlier. I think Lawless Darkness is my favorite black metal album. Oh, yeah. Like, ever. Like, uh, out of... Watain's just amazing. Like, I don't know what else to say. They are. In live, too, especially. That's, like, a whole other thing. They do, like, blood and shit live, right? Like, animal well, parts. Like and, and what's going on and things like yeah. that. Like, I saw them at Beyond the Gates play in some cave in 2019. <laughs> and a literal so, cave yeah i mean it's a bunker but it's an old cave like in bergen and hell yeah i'm out eric's holding a torch there's just the uh, they go on stage there's candles everywhere there's blood everywhere it was nuts i mean it was the coolest thing ever like, like i've seen them a bunch and it was next level stuff yeah when it got done it was just blood everywhere <laughs> that is something to be authentic said experience about black metal it's like that's pretty much the only genre where like shit like of that level happens you know it's like a magical like spiritual experience in a way but also evil and metal shit which is yeah cool. I, I don't know everything metal wise i feel like yeah it, it hits that well i feel like it's more closely related to those than any other like other stuff in metal too i gotta i guess i gotta go to heavy black. metal bands do something and it's usually just i mean they can do some stuff it's like maybe a little more like uh theatrical yeah it's fun and like black metal i feel like it's a lot more like ritualistic based like imagery sound everything else like that that's why i always dug it i always like the whole the whole spectacle of it more than uh, probably even more than the actual music i always was into like just the whole the whole vibe of black metal i thought was always cool 
Yeah, well, so it's, it's, like story and things were, I mean, I mean, I, it's just like anything else, it's different, but I feel like it's a lot different than say, I don't know, a lot of other metal genres. Well, and that, like you said, the story of it, like there's, you know, by the time you hear about this shit as an American kid, like in the late nineties or whatever, like they were all, it was already a boogeyman story. Like how could you not be attracted to something like that? Yeah, and then like, you know what, happened? what for real is this all true yeah, yeah like th- you're telling me these guys were killing each other and then there's uh somebody ate somebody's brain or there's they collected some skull like that's fucking baller and then you get a little bit older and you're like there's a lot more going on here than i think i was <laughs> than i think i was uh than i think i was privy to when i was 16 years old and thought this was should, the baddest shit i'd ever heard of but but um that's a story for another day. As we move oh, yeah. into as we move into the end of the hour, um, we are super thankful to have had you here today, Christian. We're big yeah, fans of Necrofire's record. We have one uh, ritual ourselves as we move towards the end of the show. Every single guest that we have on here, we have a big question that we have to ask uh, their thoughts on, and the time for that to happen is now. Zach, would you please hit this gentleman with the hammer? My man. Christian, it's been an honor to talk to you, brother. We have to ask you one question before we let you leave safely, and that is, what is your favorite Black Sabbath record? Ooh. Take as much time as you need. It's a hammer, I know. No pressure. Um, man. Dehumanizer? Nice. <laughs> Solid choice. Nice, that's nice, a fucking. Nice. That's a riftastic record. I, used to, okay, I was actually so talking way, to my buddy like, about it a couple of days. Long ago. time ago, I used to listen a lot. Like I was, uh, I didn't really listen to anything that wasn't Aussie Black Sabbath. Yeah, I think a lot of us found ourselves in that position to begin with. And then about ten years ago or so, I feel like I only listened to non-Aussie Black Sabbath forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, but there's like, I mean the songs are amazing and like a lot of those dudes they had singing it. it's just it's really good stuff especially when they have the dio and some things like that but i mean i, I mean it's not like what some people will just be like it's blasphemous it's not like black sabbath but uh nah fuck that i mean headless cross all i mean it's just like some like it's just i feel like they're like super great like dark heavy metal records yeah and it's like that theatricality that you were talking about earlier like that is very much there but then also the songs like the songs are fucking good there's riffs there there's like killer vocal performances there and dehumanizer is an excellent choice um i think it's the heaviest one that they did with dio uh tv crimes is is the song that pops out right now uh, like uh was it sins of the father but stuff like that like that whole era is i mean when i first heard it, it was like what the fuck is this yeah <laughs> well I mean, you don't know what to expect actually, like whenever like whatever i first heard black sabbath it's like stuff where people are like that's not really black sabbath or just that's like- that's how i was raised like my, my dad got me into black sabbath when i was a kid and we just did not acknowledge black sabbath past ozzy um and then like I, I, I got shirts about it now yeah i got to well i got to college um and i was like what is this fucking dio shit and i you know i checked it out and just really got to appreciate that and then got into tony martin and then scrambled around and found the other singers and like like we still we talk about born again on this fucking show all the time just because it's such a heavy record um yeah. it's it's all the way across the spectrum man black sabbath uh I mean, you're wrong all the aussie stuff is fucking phenomenal but yeah sure. like, i mean and this is probably me saying this now if you would ask me this a decade ago it had a different answer or even like five years ago it's just it depends on what era of Black Sabbath I'm actually just jamming. Yeah. And it depends. And there's so it, again, much of it and it's so different. I mean. It just depends on what you're in the mood for. And there's something for every mood. The Black gift Sabbath. that keeps on giving, man. Tony, yeah, I am still doing it. Did you see that shit? He put out a new song and was releasing a perfume. Yeah, I did. I saw I that. I, I forgot to talk to you about that. It's fucking awesome. I, I, I saw that he's got a new song coming out. And then I, and then I saw like in conjunction with so-and-so perfumery. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Like, I. There's a I lot know. of shit that I want to do, like Tony Iommi. I don't know that I want to smell like the man. Like he's probably got like the old lady potpourri in his house at this point. We're talking about a dude who's like pushing seventy. Oh, you don't yeah. think he smells like brimstone? Uh, I don't know. I like all I can think of is like what would my grandpa smell like if he were still alive? And it's probably like brill clean, brill cream, or like uh, some of those <laughs> like those old man products that nobody fucking uses, like unflavored Listerine that your granddad uses. Yeah. That fucking yeah. never see, never see anywhere else. Like that's metal as fuck, bro. He if actually, like yeah, and I'll tell you what though, Dude, if that's what Listerine is, the only one to get. 
right? If that shit is what the Tony Tony Iommi cologne smelled like, I would buy it just just to like <laughs> and like buy it and get on public transit and be like, get a load of me, motherfuckers, dude, uh, and, and get run out. Take seriously. <laughs> the smell of doom. Yes. Well, uh, thank you. All right, dude. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Love the band. Hope everything good comes your way. And we hope to talk to you again soon, man. Thanks again. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Thank you so Peace. much. Later. I don't even know how to get out of this. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Hey, there he went. There he went. It's what a, a nice good guy. dude. What a fun what a dude. Awesome. Knew it was going to be worth it, man. All the way. Yeah, man. Like he, it's almost got me wanting to go out and listen to some like raw ass black metal right now. Almost. You should. I think I'm just going to listen. I think I'm going to listen to Necrofire instead. I know. Yeah, actually, no, I'm not. I'm going to listen to fucking Turbo Negro instead because that shit is. I'm going to listen to that tomorrow. Dude, you should that's check fucking... out Watane though. I think you would appreciate them. I've heard, like I've heard Watane. I've heard, I heard him a lot when I was younger. Um, there's just a lot of shit about black metal that I kind of distanced myself from a few years ago, not the least of which is just not being that big into the sound, but like the, gotcha. the, the, the deathier it gets, uh, the more I'm likely to enjoy it. So we'll see what happens, yeah. dude. If I find myself in the headspace for it, I'll give it a shot. In the meantime, I will listen to Necrofire more because this record fucking rules. I will and I, I, uh, I didn't realize I had an EP out before that too. And so I went ahead and snagged that. Check you out. I am, dude. I'm trying to fucking, I'm a completist. I gotta have it. I know. I love that about you. And everybody out there, go listen to fucking Necrofire. Have respect for yourself. That's right. Take Good care enough. of yourself. Listen to Necrofire before you get into your machine that uh, turns really, really cold and gets you magically in shape um, and just seize the day. That's right, baby. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Peace out. Thank you. As always.